Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Hello, you're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm Corey, a.k.a. Bayou Benders, alongside Mason Dixon, and this is Habs Nightly, your hub for Habs content. back to another episode of Habs Nightly. It is now December 1st. It is insane. Well, it'll be December 2nd for you guys when you hear it. Uh, crazy to think that this year's fucking over. Uh, Mason, how are you, bud? I'm fucking great. How are you, buddy? I'm doing all right. Not gonna lie. Uh, I got my Spotify yearly wrap up, so I'm sure we'll get to that in a little bit. Um, but it's always a fun time of the year when that pops back up and you can kind of, ah, fuck it. Let's just get into it now. So like, it's either like super bad where you can't share it. Cause then people are like, what the fuck's wrong with you? If you, if you like care and shit, or it's like fire as fuck, like you finally have a good mix or you're like me and Limp Biscuit just runs the entirety of this year's <laughs> this year's uh top fives <laughs> yeah no i've had some weird ones in the past uh we i think we've talked about it previously i know we have privately i have a very um broad range of musical taste i listened to 1200 different artists this year <laughs> i listened to 118 different genres according to spotify because everything has its own little subgenre now but yeah no i'm a I, uh, I love when it comes out. It's always interesting to kind of see what you, you're doing. And then the playlist comes out and you kind of listen to songs that maybe you were listening to in January. And it kind of brings back some memories like, mm-hmm. oh, that's going on here. Oh, yeah. I remember when that was going on. So it's, it's, it's pretty interesting. So what was your uh, was your top five artists, Corey? Top five artists. I'll pull it up real quick. God, I hope the music doesn't start playing again. Top five artists. I got Limp Biscuit number one. <laughs> Turnstile, because the new album is so good. Uh, Attack Attack just put out an EP, and I unfortunately listened to it on 
just looped and looped and looped and looped on a road trip. Uh, Descendants, because Descendants were coming to New Orleans. And Millington, which is this, I think it's a one-piece band. Um, it's just one guy that does, like, pop punk uh, ska music. Uh, he's really fucking good. He did, like, an EP that was, like, a bunch of, like, old OG emo songs from, like, the mid-2000s. So, yeah, I guess I burned the fuck out of that. Really depressing album, but it makes sense. I mean, I was sat up for an entire year, so I, I was listening to some sadder shit. <laughs> Fair enough. What about just, you? What was your top five? My top five was, like I said, the most Gen Z thing ever. Um, <laughs> number one was the Kid Leroy, who I'm sure most people have heard of. Number two was Kid G who you might not sound like it and might not believe me, is a country artist Kid who is G. 19 years old. Yeah, Kid G. He's a country Kid artist. G. He's the one that did a uh, – he got a country song. Lil Uzi liked it. So Lil Uzi Vert hopped on a fucking country song for a remix. It was pretty sick. Oh. Uh, number three is Machine Gun Kelly, who is always always up there for me. I absolutely love him. I think his rock, new rock stuff has been awesome. I know Corey and Richie agree with me. Fucking Arizona podcast. They fucking love him. Corey went to a uh, MGK concert a couple months ago. I was really jealous of her. Uh, number four, I had NF, who, Corey, are you familiar with NF? I mean, I've probably heard of this. He's the guy that was like, I'm sorry that I let you down. That guy? Mate, I don't know. He Maybe. did lie. Anyway, pretty big artist. Um, Maybe. I'm sure there was like it was like a TikTok song for a bit that I knew. No, 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 no. Not a TikTok no. song. Been been in the game since before TikTok. Radio. Kind of a anyway. Um, I was actually supposed <laughs> to go to his uh supposed to go to his concert in March of 2000 or April of 2020, but guess what happened around that time? Ooh. And then number five, I had Juice World and Juice I World, okay. love Juice World. So, so does my wife. Oh, he's awesome. a big Juice, Juice World fan. Although I'm a little scared because uh, last year Juice was my my number one, and then he died. And the year before it was X, and he died. And the year before that was Lil Peep. So hopefully the kid Leroy <laughs> isn't isn't cursed by me. You shit on me for fucking Jeff Beecher's career. You're killing kids. Like, yeah, you don't want to be at the top of my Spotify Wrapped. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um. Yeah, dude. I I I hate to say it because it makes you know it's it's like making sense that I'm just getting older, but like I guess new music i don't really give a fuck about like i like my artists they get older they either come back or they end and then they like make a second band or some shit like i find new stuff you know but i guess it's got to be within like my genres you know what i'm saying like i'm a big like i'm more on the punk side of pop punk you know but like i like uh i grew up with like metalcore and fucking Nintendo core shit and all the other cores and the post hardcore, you know, like that was just the shit that was down here. So I guess like that's still stuck with me. I like rap. Um, I'm I fuck with country. I like I like some older country. I'm surprised Glenn Campbell wasn't in my top five, you know, but um, 
But like, I don't know, dude, like radio stuff is just not my jam anymore. I was, I mean, my radio stuff was like ice cream paint job, you know, if you even remember that, like little Wayne and stuff, you know, like that was the radio when I was like big on it. <laughs> and that shit doesn't exist anymore. Yeah, no, I, like I said, I have 1200 different artists. I'm not really a person that's uh, confined to one genre. We were talking mm-hmm. before we started. I have Beck and some 41. And then you scroll down. I've got Pink Floyd, Jason Aldean and Thomas Rhett right underneath it, which then tra- transitions into the Kid Laura. Like I, I will listen to absolutely anything if I like it. Yeah, I, I feel that we're, I'm kind of the same way. It's just unfortunately my Spotify this year is lacking just because I was hurt. So like I'm just sitting at home and I'm not necessarily just like when I work, all I do is listen to music. So while I was at home, I was like, I have a video game. I'm just going to play way too many video games and stuff, you know, I think like it took a devastating music. <laughs> I mostly listen to music when I'm driving. Oh yeah, absolutely. And, and when I I'm can't, driving, I can't though, drive without music. No, but like, I think my genre has changed depending on where I am. If I'm in the car, it's either rap or it's country music. Like nothing, I sound so hillbilly. Nothing beats driving down a back road on like 12 in the afternoon on a sunny day in the country, listening to country music. <laughs> like nothing beats that. So I think we, uh, we pull out the country when we go fishing and shit a lot. That's like, that's just feeding into the stereotype. But I mean, come on, dude. Like, I, I forgot what song it is, but it's so far. It's like, uh, it's it, like, uh, I, I'm gonna sound stupid. Someone's gonna know it and they'd be like, wow, why did, why is it slipping his mind? But it's like a song about fishing or like getting divorced and the man decided to go fishing. Um, but uh, what's his name? Post Malone did this like Texas relief thing back when it like snowed really bad last year. And he covered that song and we blast that fucking shit. It is so fucking good. So far. He's a great artist. Yeah, he's really good. Uh, That guy did stuff with um, Ozzy Osbourne too. Yeah. He's got a song featuring Ozzy. Then he's got, he's on an Ozzy Osbourne song where you get to hear him scream a little bit because uh, he originally I mean, I'm sure this wasn't his original idea, but like before he even like got big as like a, a, you know, a rapper or I mean, fuck, he's pretty universal. He's better than just rap. But um, he tried out for this fucking band um, that I guess is pretty popular. They weren't my favorite band, but I thought it was sick as fuck because this dude's like he's just like a renaissance man of all genres. He tried out for uh, Crown the Empire which is like, uh, I don't even know what subgenre to put him in. We'll call it like fucking pop punk meets like metalcore maybe. Um, and because he can play the guitar. He's really fucking good at the guitar. Uh, also, obviously, an amazing singer, really good screamer. You don't hear it a lot. But they told, they told him that he wasn't like the image they were looking for, <laughs> which is fu- – fucking stupid because that band would be as big as like you know like axe and alexandria or like bring me the horizon maybe bring me the horizon is kind of a long shot but i mean like if you look at the career post malone's having imagine if he was the front man or at least the 
guitarist slash singer for this fucking band. It would have blew them into fucking orbit like he did himself. Now he's just out there fucking rapping, having fun, making fire ass music, and they slap on him. So I always thought that was a cool fucking thing about him is that this dude literally went to be in like a, you know, like a, a metalish band and was like, they won't, they didn't want me. So I just <laughs> changed genres. And now I'm like on top of the fucking world. Oh, fair enough. Fair enough. But, uh, well, I, I don't know what to add. I think you hit the nail on the head <laughs> and speaking of i guess kind of getting more back on track as 2020 wraps up we get our spotify wrapped and we also kind of get a better idea of where teams are going to be come the trade deadline in february what teams are going to be looking to do what the season is going to look like and montreal i think now more than ever in a weird sense i think we kind of know the direction they're going but i think the water is also a little bit murky right now and it'll be interesting to hear what Jeff Gordon has to say. Unfortunately, things have been really poorly timed for us this week. We had our last podcast before the first game, and we're having this podcast before the first interview. So it'll get released as this is released. So it'll be a little out to date. But that is just the way of the world. So it'll be really interesting to see what Jeff Gordon has to say. I'm sure we'll get more of a directive, more of a viewpoint on where he plans to take this team, this organization in the coming years. And I'm really, honestly, I'm just really excited. Like there's, there seems to be so many options this team could go. If they go full rebuild, they could do a retool. I, I say retool and, it, you know, might give scary flashbacks to Mark Bergman. But what I mean by that is there are prospects in place. So a long-term rebuild of five years may not be required. It could be two or three, right? Right. It'll be interesting to see what Jeff Gordon kind of plans on doing here. And I just kind of, I have to ask, you are Jeff Gordon, Corey. The keys have been handed to you. We've talked about the candidates in our last episode. We've talked about the prospects. We talked about, Actually, we haven't talked about a lot of draft eligibles this year, but it looks like we're going to have to start doing some scouting on that front because we're going to be drafting pretty high. And, well, I guess the final question is, you're Jeff Gordon. What do you do? Where are you taking this team? What are the moves you're making? And what general manager are you hiring? Okay, so this is pretty crazy. So I don't know if you saw this, but he uh... – but Gordon also said that he would be working hand in hand with the GM. So he will be making picks alongside making moves for this team alongside the GM a lot more than just like whatever the GM's role is going to be, you know, obviously he's also going to be doing that job as well. So I think that's pretty cool. It almost is like, I mean, yeah, it's, I'm sure it's common, but like, it reminds me of like old, like, um, Iron League stuff where, like, the, the coach is also a fucking player, like a Reggie Dunlop from Slapshot. But, uh, <laughs> um, it's my understanding that Jeff Gordon is going to wear the pants. Now, that might eliminate some candidates. Matthew Darsh, for example, I'm not sure he would want to leave an organization such as Tampa 
if right. he's not the one that gets the final call. And because I mean, he's what is he over there? He's like a, an assistant, assistant right? GM. Yeah. So he's basically could come to Montreal and still have an assistant GM role with just a regular GM slapped over it. You know, I think the only thing that is really unknown with Jeff Gordon is kind of the openness of his job title. Right. Is he going to be the guy with the final say <clears throat> now? I am no insider. The insiders have made their own opinions. They've said their own. Th- I'm sure if you're listening to this podcast, you've probably seen their opinions. You probably, you're probably invested in hockey. So you know what they've had to say. And, but my opinion really, I, they're all kind of concerned about the executive, whatever. Look, Jeff Gordon was busy doing absolutely nothing, spending time with his family collecting millions of dollars from the and New he's York gonna, Rangers. He's going to step away from a, a easier, like less, less work role to he's, a bigger role that's going to take him away from like, you know, his leisure time. Yeah. He was making millions for doing nothing. Going I golfing. do not, <laughs> I do not believe that he would have come to Montreal if he did not have a significant amount of power (laughs) right now do i think the general manager is going to make moves that maybe gordon doesn't have to oversight yeah sure that's up to him i was gonna say i think that comes with it being the guy he wants you know like if we end up getting someone that is not necessarily like on team gordon you know what i'm saying like it's just the best available yeah they will be but like say it's between the person he wants, and then Molson and his little group decides that it, it's it's the other candidate, right? I I don't know. I just don't think Molson's gonna do that. Molson, we didn't give enough credit to, and I don't know if you watched that interview, Corey. He struck me as a leader. Like, a yeah, real I, I like leader. I like that he said that um, that this there needed to be a rebuild, and he said not maybe necessarily in players but management had to be reconstructed. And it was like, holy fuck. Like, yeah, we've been shitting on him. Like, it's taken too long. But, I mean, fuck, he's saying what we've been asking, you know. And it felt like he was trying to give momentum and, like, a sense of urgency and and change in that message. And it was really good. No, and I loved what he had to say about mental health. Clearly, Jeff Molson has, you know, looked around. We had a player with Jonathan Drouin who <laughs> went out and, uh, fuck, I like just <clears throat> choked over my French accent there. Um, Jonathan Drouin uh, went out with his mental health issues. We had Carey Price do the same this year. And clearly, Molson's looking around and saying, look, I've taken stock of the situation and we're going to do something to fix that. That's a leader. And he also came out and said, publicly that he wanted to wait until um, Mark Bergevin had recovered from COVID-19 before he fired him. And, you know, that's class. A lot of, a lot of organizations, a lot of owners would not have done that. And, you know, we're talking about Jeff Gordon. Look what happened there. The owner Oh, fuck. Who's what's his name? That piece of shit who owns the Knicks. Oh, fuck. I don't know. Oh, oh. 
<laughs> Nick's <Blake>. owner. <laughs> James Dolan. James Dolan doesn't give a shit. That guy fires people. He kicks fans out of his fucking stadiums for heckling him. I know, I know it's not a, a GM, but like the coach who got fucking fired right after the game and they didn't even give him like a ride. He had to he had to like Uber. <laughs> who is that? I forgot. If I'm not mistaken, it's like I think it might have been Gallant. Was that with New York? I don't think it was with no, New York. No, that was Gallant. Was it Gallant? Was yeah, it with was, uh was that with Vegas? It, I feel like it was it wasn't as recent as Vegas, but I remember it was like headlines. Like we were like, how fucking gutless. <laughs> I remember that. That's horrible. But to get down to my point, look, I think that's a very classy move from Jeff Molson. I think he's he's stepped up, he's been a leader here. And I am confident that he will give Jeff Gordon the ability to choose who he wants. It seems to me he really did his research. He he also said, like, this is a man that I think is Molson I'm talking about Mm -hmm. in many ways different than Bergevin because a few years ago he said when asked about promoting a president of hockey operations he said Mark Bergevin is one of the most experienced general managers in the hockey league in the National Hockey League he will not have he does not need a president of hockey operations and Molson came back and said look We've seen how it's gone here. It's a very big job in Montreal. It takes a lot out of you. It was my mistake. We need two people. Like, for me, I know Jeff Molson is, for the most part, a pretty hands-off owner. I don't think he makes many of the decisions, especially regarding hockey, except who's running it. And to me, it looks like he's really learned as his time from his time as owner with Mark Bergeron with, I think he was the owner for Pierre with Pierre Gauthier and Bob Gainey. It seems to me he's kind of learned and I like that he's taken those lessons and kind of moved on. And we're, we're looking like we're going to have a brighter future. And I do think Jeff Molson, who as we said, his hands off, but I do think that he's going to deserve a little bit of credit here. If Jeff Gordon can get this team moved, moving because he's gone out and he's evaluated the situation and he's you know listened and made some changes for the better and I think looking back and looking at who's available right now Jeff Gordon I think might be it might have been the best man available for the job right back to your question for me though I'm thinking so you know the only thing that comes with uh, Matthew Darsh, though, to, to kind of bring that full circle, is that the fact that he hasn't, you know, he's just been an assistant GM, maybe this could be a good, you know, like stepping stone into the next level. Whereas, you know, if they do go with like mm-hmm. Matthew Darsh, you're getting someone from Tampa Bay, uh, two years there, team's been successful. He's been given a great opportunity there he comes here and he gets to be guided with someone like Gordon who yeah wants to hold a partial bit of the reins but it could be a great you know it could be like a great turning uh 
excuse me, a, a great training mechanism to help someone like Matthew Darsh, who hasn't really had the full role of GM yet, like kind of baby step into it. And, you know, and to, you know, by the, the next season or whatever, maybe a little bit more roles go to said GM, you know, and Gordon can kind of take, uh, I wouldn't say a backseat, but wouldn't have to do as much. You know, I, I feel like I, I like that Gordon's getting a lot of it because it, to me, it sounds like he wants to make sure he makes the right choice and he doesn't have a problem almost like training, you know, like a really good fucking manager should do. Um, I think it's going to be a partnership. Yeah. That being said, I think someone like obviously like a Martin Madden Jr., he's a lot more experienced, I think, but I don't necessarily see him having a problem dealing with a like a partnership like you're saying as someone like uh <laughs> like Patrick Waugh, you know, or <laughs> Patrick Waugh would look at it as okay, you know, maybe the same situation with like I said with um with Matthew Darsh, you know, maybe he comes in, gets a little bit of help along the way, you know, can kind of like, you know, piggyback off of him, uh, use his shoulders to help him up, you know, like become the best GM he can. Whereas like we saw Mark Bergevin took years to get, you know, I mean, he got nine years to, to be a GM. The first couple was just like throwing darts, you know, granted the last couple were like that, but maybe, you know, giving the, giving the option to uh, Gordon to actually mentor almost could be really good. It could even make someone like Patrick Waugh doable. I mean, Patrick Waugh just had, <laughs> had a statement that said he – I know, I know, I'm not the biggest fan of it, but he vocally was very adamant about, you know, his possibility with this team or I mean, want to, you know. I, I don't want to go that route necessarily. The guy like, basically said, why not me? <laughs> why not? Like, I, I don't know about – I still think the top two is Matthew Darsh and Martin Madden Jr. Personally, I'm all for Martin Madden Jr. I absolutely fucking love what Anaheim has done. Look at that young core. They drafted Troy Terry, who did anyone see this coming? Like, anyone at all? No. I... Certainly did not. <laughs> um, Jamie Drysdale, who, yes, fell into their laps because the Sens are fucking stupid. Jake Sanderson's not better. <laughs> Shut the fuck up, Shane. Um, Trevor Zegris, and another, like, that guy's going to be money. Sam Steele looks amazing. Maxime Comtois is going to mm-hmm. most definitely make an impact on this team. For years to come um i'm trying to let me pull up while you while you're doing that i still think that he's not highly being talked about but that connection between gordon and daniel briere i think that's something that could be legitimate uh he was I, i blanked on it last episode but ehl's main mariners he's the gm the vice president of hockey operations and team president. This is just Daniel Breer. Um, I don't know if this team's fucking amazing or not, but you got someone who's laying down the ropes to do almost essentially what Gordon's doing, but at a lower level. They've worked together in the past. It was that New York, you know, um, 
bond like i just mentioned i wouldn't i wouldn't be surprised if someone like that comes up you know someone he's probably worked with or at least known in the past that is doing basically the same thing at a smaller level getting his chance to come up i wouldn't mind seeing a brand new face no which is what we're gonna get like there's not really one person here that's you know a a former gm Mm -hmm. and I that's I you say that but that that's part of why I want Martin Madden Jr. so badly because I think Daniel Briere you don't really know what his juice is you don't really mm-hmm. know what he he's gonna do I'm not saying he's gonna be a bad executive and while new and young talent is exciting you could get a Ducharme situation where everyone was really excited but no one really knew a lot about him right and look what we've gotten with Martin Madden Jr. Look, I know he's not the GM, but like I said, Troy Terry, Trevor Zegras, um, Mason McTavish is on that is in that prospect pool. He looks fucking amazing. Jamie Drysdale, Sasha Pastajov is leading the OHL in goals this season. Um, an absolute steal. Jacob Perot scored thirty nine goals in fifty seven games for the Sarnia Sting. He's in that prospect pool. Lucas, they have you, Lucas Dostal, the goalie. They have Sam Colangelo, who is an absolute stud. This team, the future for the Anaheim Ducks, looks pretty golden. And if you don't know um, some of those players, like I'm, I'm thinking most of those guys, I don't really have to elaborate on because they're pretty high name. Pro, like they're pretty well known prospects, and the Ducks stole them in the NHL entry. Well, I mean, Martin Madden, I, I know we just kind of talked about it, but uh, he was the head of amateur scouting. And I, this is during the years when they got Kyle Palmer and Sammy Vanton and Cam Fowler, Devontae Smith-Pelly, Ricard Raquel, John Gibson, William Carlson, Josh Manson, Hampus Lindholm, and Frederick Anderson. And he was and, on that team as well? What's up? And he was – he was he was the head of amateur scouting for the Ducks when <laughs> yeah. so like yeah th- that's a Martin Madden should be our number one pick like you know someone who's got a great mind for uh for amateur scouting that has also I mean fuck that was just I think that was his start with I think that was his starting role with the team. And now he's the assistant uh, general manager. If I'm not wrong, I believe Anaheim has the highest, if not one of the highest first round selection, like games played in his time. Mm -hmm. So do you know what year he was hired? Uh, No, I don't. But 12 years ago was when he was, uh, well, not 12 years. He's been, he was the head of amateur scouting for 12 years. And okay. So, So guys such as, Kyle Palmieri, Vatnin, um, Fowler, Emerson Eaton, uh, Devontae Smith-Pelly, who made a pretty good career of it. So, like, you know, not big-name guy. Ricard Raquel, John Gibson, William Carlson. Uh, Josh Manson was a sixth-round draft pick, and he's a pretty solid defenseman. You already mentioned Freddie and Lindholm. Um, who else? Shea Theodore. Uh, Nick Ritchie, Brandon Montour, Andre Cache, the list goes on and on and on, <laughs> right? Like yeah. this, 
this guy has he found knows how to draft. Like, yeah, I'm and, all I'm all aboard, Martin Madden Jr., and, dude. Oh, <laughs> I am too, and I think it would be a perfect role because I don't know. I know. Okay, that... he. I'm sorry. He joined the Ducks in 2008, but he was he came he started as a scout in the NHL in '98, working with the Rangers and then Carolina. So this guy's got extensive extensive work of of developing the futures of the Rangers, Carolina, and the Ducks, and he just landed with the Ducks and was able to move up. You know, and do you know what year he was with Carolina? Um, no, I don't. But you look, I went to do a little research on him. There's not a lot out there. You really can't find shit about Martin Mann and Madden Jr. Well, because he's been a guy in the background, right? Yeah, drafting and etc. But if we're talking about Carolina, that's another team that built itself through the draft. That 2006 Stanley Cup run had a bunch of drafted players. Stall, well, look, I'm guessing Ladd, he's I'm guessing he's with Carolina at that time because he didn't come to the Ducks till 08, and I've, it's the <laughs> only two teams that I'm seeing was the Rangers, Carolina, and then he went to the Ducks, and he's been with the Ducks ever since. So I'm guessing he had a he had a strong hand in Carolina's, you know, build. No, I would certainly assume so. And Martin Madden to, Jr. To get back to my point, sorry. <laughs> um, I think Jeff Gordon is certainly a guy who we know chooses to and is very willing to build through the draft. That is what he does. That's how he wants to build his teams. That's how teams should be built. But I don't, I can also say, and it's not a criticism. The guy had two lottery picks. He had pretty easy selections. Lafreniere, number one, Capococco, number two in recent years. I think having a guy like Martin Madden Jr. with the expertise in scouting, especially when our head scout has been fired would be very beneficial for this team. Right. I think if because... we, yeah, no, absolutely. And imagine if we get these two head, if, if we were able to snag Martin Madden from the ducks before we even have like a, a, a full scouting, you know, like to bring in new head of scouting and stuff like that, you, you got two confident people or people that the fans can be confident in that know what they're doing that are even higher than just head of scouting, you know? So like, it's not how we felt like where the fuck did this pick of, uh, dude, we just talked about him last week. Logan, uh, Merlo, Logan, Logan Merlo, Merlo. <laughs> said Merlo. Um, but like, you know, like how we were all fucking baffled and shit. Like if that came from the top, at least if we have these two guys, I don't see them making just a whim call. I think they're going to like, you're, you're dealing with two former heads of uh, scouting. I think that is a great place to imagine the Habs having in the helm of, you know, the future. No, definitely. Either, either way, I'm excited. <laughs> I hope and we like, get mad. I. I, I think Darsh is on, good. I thought you were on Matthew Darsh when we started I, this. Look, I mean, <laughs> I said Matthew Darsh. 
And maybe I was leaning that way. Uh, and I mean, I've just learned information while we've been talking. And I think Martin Madden Jr., like, I think the top two picks is, is uh, Martin Jr. and then Darsh. And then Briere, real low, that's a possibility. And then the Patrick Waugh is the the media. You know He's, what I'm saying? Yeah, Waugh is not, um, not an option in my opinion. But books. no. I think it was so much easy to find information on Darsh. So maybe I, I initially, like from last night when I was looking at stuff, maybe I like swayed more his way just because I had more knowledge about him. But now I'm finding new stuff on Matt and – God, Matt and Martin. <laughs> Martin, Matt. Martin, Martin. Matt. <laughs> that that he, he's like the better of the logical choices, at least as far as like – what we wish we would get is like, you know, the ability to draft really well and then fucking develop said draft, drafted kids. Speaking of the draft and prospects, um, two Habs prospects have been invited to Canada's training camp. Caden Gooley, who is almost assuredly going to be on the team. And Joshua Waugh, who currently leads not just the QMJHL, but the CHL in points. He has 39 wow. points in 20, 21 games. So he's in a three-way tie, but he has less games played. So therefore, he's given number one place. Absolutely amazing season from the fifth round pick just a year ago. He was in our he was in our fifth round. That is such already, a great depth pick. <laughs> already doing more than I think Logan Mello will ever do for this organization. And I sincerely hope he makes this. Canada team would be very, very, very fun <clears throat> to watch him play. He's a very fast, very quick player. But I also want to talk about the draft, Corey. Um, um, I don't know. I know. Well, I do know. Sorry that you are not as interested in prospects as I am. I have. It's not that I'm not you. interested. I think you had a lot more time than I did originally. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, Mason, I don't mean to cut you off, but before we get into that, so I don't forget it later. Uh, we have a ad read by our sponsors, DraftKings. <laughs> Football fans, I'm sure we all love an action-packed, high-scoring NFL game. But with the latest no-brainers from DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, you'll be a winner once a single point is scored. New customers who bet just $1 on any team to score can win $100 in free bets it's that simple. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can still get on all the action. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contests. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Remember, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app, use promo code THPN, Bet $1 on any team to score and win $100 in free bets if they score. You score with promo code THPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, Pennsylvania only, new customers only, minimum $5 deposit, the $1 wager required, one per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Back to the draft talk. 
No, it's a perfect interjection. We're talking about drafts. We might as well talk about our wonderful sponsor, DraftKings. But if you're, in, if you're betting on football, do not bet on the Saints-Cowboys game tomorrow. It's going to be terrible. Don't fucking ever put your money on Miami. They've won three games in a row. It's a facade. They will let you down. Oh, well. And back to the WHL where I want to talk about <laughs> Matthew Savoie, the phenomenal centerman for the Winnipeg Ice. Speedy, exceptional skater. The kid has 39 points in 23 games played, is leading the league in points. Now, I do think it's important to kind of put this out there and interject that the top four players leading scores in the WHL are all on the Winnipeg Ice, and six of the top eight are on the Winnipeg Ice. Wow. So this is a so Winnipeg's gonna suck after this year. <laughs> well, Matt Savoie's a rookie. I would assume he's in the NHL next year, but you never know. Right. And he is the one of two rookies in the WHL who are in the top 20 in scoring. The other is Jacob Dermack, who is 19th on the Edmonton Oil Kings, and he will be a future teammate of Caden Gooley. Caden Gooley was <laughs> traded, no, traded to the Edmonton Oil Kings, uh, I believe, today as we're making really? this recording. Yep, from the Prince Albert Raiders for a monster haul. Two very solid young players, two first-round picks, a fifth and a sixth are all going to Prince Albert in exchange for Caden Gooley. Wow. Now, this is a he obviously a huge... Um, we want chain of events. Kane Gooley is 11th in defenseman in points scoring right now. He's got 15 points in 17 games. He's played a few less games than everybody else. So he's actually doing very well, but this will help his production greatly. The Prince Albert Raiders are one of, to put it nicely, they're not a very good team. Okay. They score 1.6 goals per game. Uh, that their play style is a little bit, a little bit, uh, what, what would you call Julian esque? They don't like offense, and uh, I think this is really going to help Caden Gooley a lot. Um, he's going to be able to activate into the play more. He is already, um, a great actually. Before I elaborate on that, I recommend watching a great piece by Epic Rinkside. On Kane Gooley, they have a video out on YouTube breaking out his defensive game or breaking breaking down his defensive game. I apologize. And they're they're the experts. Honestly, they can do a much better job than I can. But a lot of you guys would know, and it has been common knowledge. He is going to be a stud defensively. He is possibly one of the best um, shut down defensemen in his age group he will be probably the best at that in the world juniors this year but he does have an offensive upside he's not just a shut guys down and this is why he draws so many comparisons to shea weber Caden gooley is a monster you come across the blue line you get knocked on your ass he's got a great stick but he is also mobile so playing with guys like dylan gunther who was a very 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 good player and I believe is draft was drafted. Sorry. Yeah. Ninth overall by the Arizona coyotes 
last year. Very high octane player. Jake Neighbors, another world junior, hopeful for them for the Canadian team. This team has a lot more offensive capability. I think it's going to help Gooley a lot. And I think this is like one of the most exciting times as a Habs fan in terms of defensive prospects. Not only do we get to watch Jordan Harris and Jane Struble, we also now get to watch Kane Gooley if you have the time, or at least check out his stats because he's going to be putting up some monster numbers, hopefully, for the Edmonton Oil Kings. Oh, yeah. Dude, great coverage. <laughs> <laughs> I had to uh, catch my breath there, rambled on a little long. But yeah, no, Caden Gooley to the Oil Kings, really exciting. I'm like very excited about this. I think um, it's a little sad because those Prince Albert Raiders jerseys are fucking sexy, let mm-hmm. me tell you. Absolutely. But I'm really excited to watch. I don't know if the U.S. covers theirs. Canada will have um, coverage of their games. There will be be a red versus white game that will be televised on TV. So we'll get to watch uh, Caden Gooley and um, Joshua Waugh play each other. At least we usually oh, wow. are. I'm not sure what they're doing this year. Yeah, they usually cover it, and you get to see who who's going to make the team. But, yeah, that should be really exciting. Hopefully we have two Habs prospects able to compete for Canada. It always makes watching the World Juniors a little more exciting when you've got, you know, someone coming People to bench. root for. Yeah, rooting for them. Well, more, more than just your country, <laughs> you know. What's that? I said more than just, you know, rooting for your country, someone that's going to be, you know, hopefully a future star on your team. No, definitely. And another player we get to root for is Jan Mishak, who mm-hmm. I think we all know is one of my personal favorites. Has 15 goals in 19 games for the Hamilton Bullcogs, 28 points this year. And is on an absolute tear right now. In his last five games, he has 11 points. He's going off. He's always fun to watch. He'll probably be the captain of the Czech team at the World Juniors this year. So that, so that should be exciting to watch. Hell yeah, bud. Yeah, it's going to be a, uh, a bright future, to say the least. I'm really excited for not only... The Czech team kind of fell apart last year, but... My sack was definitely fun to watch. Oh, I, for I sure. think they didn't have enough pieces to really, you know, make a challenge. Well, the Czechs always have the issue of they're better than they're better than the stinkers. They're better than <laughs> Denmark. <The> stinkers. <laughs> they are. They're better than Denmark. They're better than the Slovaks, usually, although that's usually oh, a good game. Shit. They're better than Switzerland most years. They're they're never going to get relegated. But the top five are monsters. Canada, the U.S., Russia, Sweden, and Finland. And the Czechs always have a hard time breaking in there. Yeah, that's tough. I mean, it's tough if you're a Czech fan. <laughs> if you're a Canadian and you get to watch. But look, I can't, I've got to say I am so excited to watch Canada get it revenge on the u.s this year uh, <laughs> last year was painful oh, oh yeah there you were, were very you were there. very you were very boisterous last year i'm sure i butchered that word but you were talking some mad shit <laughs> and it was just me poor me neil and fucking like one other oh and hockey trolls and, and poly cupcakes against the entirety of THPN's Canada. <laughs> Listen, okay. 
listen, we're not going down this year. We lost once. I can admit to not gonna lie, that. we we lost a lot of really good talent going into the you know the NHL this year. But we'll see. We'll see. I love World Juniors. It's so fun. It's like watching college football. I like the World Juniors more than I like um, (laughs) the Olympics, to be honest with you. Even with NHL players, I think the World Juniors has an amazing atmosphere. Right. And there's just so much more to prove. You know, like these kids are trying. There's still a love for the game. And I mean, I know that there's a love for the game when you get into the NHL, but you know, it also comes with money, you know, and, and money can change a lot of things. But these kids are the rising stars, the future of the game, you know, and this is their chance to excel and show it on like highly televised, you know, and then you're playing for your country. You know, what better feeling? U.S. only has one drafted goalie this year, however, second rounder Drew Camesso. The other three are 2022 NHL draft eligibles. Nice. Nice or exploited when fucking Shane Wright streaks (laughs) down the wing. Yeah, but no, these these kids might make a name of themselves. Fucking highlight of the year. Stopping Shane Wright. I certainly hope not. (laughs) Well, we'll see in the future, bud. What one of those games coming up? Uh, They'll be right after Christmas, January. Nice, 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 nice. And with that, I think that'll end our episode today unless you have anything else you want to add no i think this is a really good episode i'm also i need to there's a player i need to add to my fantasy real quick so i'm i'm good (laughs) you're itching to get there so i won't keep i gotta i gotta i gotta pick up jeff petrie again don't don't you (laughs) fucker don't you dare pick up jeff petrie actually i dropped him i dropped him want to I quick highlight, them. quick highlight to that pass that Jonathan Drouin gave to the Habs. We just honestly, I, we forgot to talk about the game, and there is an explanation. Ryan Paling needs to stay on this team. Yeah, well, that game was painful. Okay, mm-hmm. other other than our young guys who shown, I thought Rome that was one of Romanov's another thirteen giveaways before games. the end of the second period. Romanov played amazing, and Jake Allen played amazing though. Romanov mm-hmm. is going to be a, our on our top pair next year. I am utterly convinced. If Dominic Ducharme does not have his way, this kid is dynamic. But without further ado, that'll be it for Habs Nightly today. (laughs) Thank you guys for stopping by, listening to our Wednesday episode, which always gets a little bit out of hand. But you know what? We have fun and we appreciate you guys listening to it. So if you made it all the way, thank you once again for your continued support. And we'll be going strong into the new year. Maybe, hopefully... We can get a little sneak peek at our Spotify wrapped if we figure out how to do it, but we're both idiots. So we'll see if that's even possible. And without that, I have nothing else to say. Corey, you can take it out. I think I'm the bigger idiot of the two, but folks, this has been Habs Nightly. We'll talk to y'all again on Monday. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from.